Now, you know we're going to have to do this again, right? Good morning, everyone. All right, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Well, I'd like to welcome everybody here to Woburn Baptist Church. My name is Eric Walker. I am the campus pastor at the Franklin campus, and it is an honor to be here. Believe me, it's an honor to be here. Uh, once again, I want to say thank you to the overflow in Perry, Oklahoma. This is not a mistake. This is not Pastor Tim. This is Eric Walker, and we love you over in Perry. Amen, amen. So how's everybody doing this morning? Can you imagine in Perry? They're like, what's going on up in there? But uh, I want to thank everybody, and it's an honor to be here. I love it when I come up here. I love you guys. I appreciate you guys very much, and I just want you to know that. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Daniel, chapter 3, the book of Daniel, chapter 3. I love this book. Uh, I love this book because of the name of the people that's in this book. I don't know about you. I just love that Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. I just love that just because of their names. They just got them crazy names, and I just love that. And if you never even heard about Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, we're going to learn something about them today that's just going to blow your mind. I want to talk about old school faith today. Where are the old school people at? Raise your hand. Now, come on now. Now, we don't make me have to do an altar call. Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay. Old school, old school faith. I want to talk about old school faith today. And uh, we're going to start with uh, Daniel chapter 3, verse 1, starting with verse 1. Are you there? King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue 90 feet tall and nine feet wide, 90 feet tall and nine feet wide. And he set it upon the plain of Dura in the province of Babylon. Then he sent message to the high officers, officials, governors, advisors, treasurers, judge, magistrates, and all the officials to come to the dedication of the statue he had set up. So all these officials came and they stood before the statue King Nebuchadnezzar had set up. Then a herald shout went out. People of all races, nations, and language, listen to the king's command. When you hear the sound of the horn, the flute, the lyre, the harps, the pipes, and other musical instruments, bow to the ground to worship King Nebuchadnezzar's gold statue. And anyone, anyone who refuses to obey would be immediately thrown into the blazing furnace. So at the sound of the musical instruments, all the people, whatever their race or nation or language, bow to the ground and worship the gold statue that King Nebuchadnezzar has set up. But some of the astrologers went to the king and they informed him on the Jews. They said, King Nebuchadnezzar, long live the king. You issued a decree requiring that all people bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the harp and when they hear the lyre, the harp, the pipes, and all the music instruments. That decree also states that those who refuse to obey must be thrown into a blazing fire. But there are some Jews, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, whom you have put in charge of the province of Babylon. They paid no attention to you, your majesty. They refused to serve your God, and they do not worship the gold statue you set up. Then Nebuchadnezzar, he flew into a rage, and he ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought before him. 
And when they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or worship the gold statue I have set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue that I have made when you hear the sound of the musical instrument. But if you refuse, you'll be thrown into the blazing furnace. And then what God will be able to rescue from my power? Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego replied, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar, we don't need to defend ourselves before you. If, you are th- if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you set up. Nebuchadnezzar was so fierce with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face become distorted with rage. He commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up. They threw them in the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, their turbans, their robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace, the flames killed the soldiers as they threw the three men in. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, securely tied, fell into the warming flames. But suddenly, Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement, and he claimed to his advisor, didn't we tie up three men and throw them into the furnace? Yes, your majesty, we certainly did, they replied. He said, look, Nebuchadnezzar shouted, I see four men (laughs) unbound, walking around in the fire unharmed, and the fourth looked like a god. Then Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could to the door of the flaming furnace, and he shouted, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, servants of the Most High God, come out, come here. So Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego stepped out of the fire. Then the high officers, the officials, the governors, and advisors crowded around them and saw that the fire had not even touched them. Not even their hair on their head was seen, and their clothing was not even touched. They didn't even smell like smoke. Then Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He sent his angel to rescue his servants who trusted in him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather than to serve or worship any god except their own god. Therefore, I make this decree. If any people, whatever their race or nation or language, speak a word against the god of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would be torn limb from limb and their houses would be turned into heaps of trouble. There is no other god who can rescue like this. Then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego to even higher positions in the province of Babylon. Whew. You guys may be seated. I don't even need to preach this. I, man, benediction. We, we can stop right there. We can stop right there. This is a story about a king who, who captured some Jews and he, he brought them over to Babylon. And, these king, and this king, he made this statue. Now, this is what I want you to get. Statues back in these days were normal to worship. They would worship different gods, and certain gods would have different type of powers. Let them tell them so. They would worship these certain gods to get different um, aspects out of their life. But no, not King Nebuchadnezzar, man. He makes this statue, man, 90 feet tall and 9 feet wide. Think about that, man. This statue is 90 feet tall. Nine feet wide. What he wanted to do was make an idol so big that you 
could not see anything but this God. Now, I want to tell you that we have idols in our lives. We have idols that are so big that we cannot see anything but these certain idols. And I want to talk about old school faith today. I want to talk about these three men. I remember um, me and my wife, we went to uh, South Bend this weekend. And I don't know about you, but uh, I still like music. Let me ask you, what kind of music? Who like country music? Raise your hand. Okay, keep your hands up because I'm going to pray for you right now. <laughs> who like rap? Who like rap? I, I like rap. Pastor Eric likes rap. I, I think I could still throw it down on rap. Hey, don't, don't feel bad. Your pastor like rap too. Pastor Tim was rapping last week, and I'll pray for him too, so don't feel bad. Who likes blues? Who likes blues? You know, Motown. Who, come on, Motown. Where's the Motown? Now, I know y'all being too sanctified in this church today. Now, I know y'all want to, I know y'all listen to one-on-one, point the beat jam and all that when you leave church. Okay, who like gospel? Okay, everybody like gospel. Everybody like Have you ever rode in your car and this certain song come on? Have you been riding? And me and my wife, we had our radio station on and it was on this old time, old school. I mean, old school music. And we was riding and my daughter was in the back seat and Michael Jackson came on. And I jumped and said, oh, that's my song. And I started to dance. I'm telling you, come on, y'all. Y'all ain't never been there. Come on. You've been in your car, and you know when Bon Jovi came on, whoever you like. I don't know who you like. And, and you know your kids looking, and all of a sudden, and you singing, and you go, oh, Lord, that's my song. And y'all begin to do all this and do all that. And, you, you know, you begin to look crazy. You know, you look crazy. You understand when the music play, you begin to look crazy and stuff. You begin to look silly. Well, King Nebuchadnezzar says that when this music plays, I want you to dance to it. I want you to dance to it. And I'm going to tell you right now, we have idols in our lives that we dance to. Maybe there's the music of unforgiveness, and when unforgiveness begin to play, you're like these, you're like Nebuchadnezzar. You go, oh, that's my music, and I'm going to walk in unforgiveness all my life. I like that song. I like hating people. I like being mad at people. I like being angry. Have you ever been there? Or maybe the music of anger comes on. Maybe when the music of anger comes on, that music sounds good to you and you want to just start dancing. I love being angry. I'm angry at my parents for what they did to me. You don't understand what somebody did to me. And every time that music of anger come on, it makes me want to dance. Y'all ain't never felt that before? Huh? You ain't never felt that? You want to have hatred. You understand. You want to hate somebody. And that music, it, it, let me tell you, it's so big. Hatred is so big in your life that you cannot see nothing but hatred. And when that music of hatred begin to come on, you begin to dance to it. You begin to dance to hatred. You want to just stay in that place. You want it, that music sounds so good. I don't know. Maybe you've been lonely all your life. Maybe you've been lonely all your life. And maybe this young man or young woman comes in and you've been lonely all your life and the music of lust begin to play. The music of lust begin to play. And you've been so lonely so long that that music begin to sound good. And, and then all of a sudden you catch yourself sleeping with somebody and you know you had no business sleeping with them. But the music sounds so good of loneliness. You've been lonely for so long and you don't understand 
no matter how much me and Pastor Tim teach on having sex before marriage, but you've been lonely so long, and when that music begins to play, it begins to sound so good, and you can't help but to dance to it. Y'all got to hear me on this. I'm trying to talk to you today about when the music play. And what do you dance to? Maybe you're in school and, you know, all your kids, they drinking and they smoking and they partying. But yet you don't want to be alone. You don't want to be called the, the geek or the nerd. So that music of partying and that music of drinking begin to sound good and you want to dance to it. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been there and it's so big in your life you want to dance to it? We have idols in our life. Maybe it's our job. Maybe it's our job. We so devoted to our job and we want to have success so bad in our lives that we get so devoted to it that we focus on our job and we cannot see anything else. You, you, you're so devoted to lust that at late night when that lust begin to play, you, you know you want to sneak up late at night and cut that computer on and turn on that porn because, see, what happened was that lust began to play so loud and all of a sudden that music began to play and you can't help but to dance to it. No matter how much I preach to you, no matter how much you hear the word, but when that music begin to sound, you can't help but to dance. Have you been there? Huh? Have you been there? I want to talk about that. Watch this. Verse 3, chapter, chapter 3, verse 1. King Nebuchadnezzar made a gold statue, 90 feet tall, 9 feet wide, and he set it up in the plain of doors in the province of Babylon. Then he sent messages to the high officers, official governors, treasurers, judges. And watch this in verse 4. Then a shout went out. People of all races. People. Of all races, all nations, all languages. Let me tell you something, folks, and this is real. There is only two people in this world that does not discriminate. There's only two people that does not discriminate, and that is God and the devil. Only two people. When the Bible says God is no respecter of person, he'll never leave you, he'll never forsake you, that is true. But I also want to tell you this also. The devil is also no respecter of person. And the devil will never leave you nor forsake you. You better catch this. And it says people of all races. It doesn't matter what your address is. It doesn't matter about your bank account. I don't care if you've never been divorced before. I don't care if you've ever, never been pregnant out of wedlock. No matter who you are. No matter what your address is, no matter what your bank account looks like, no matter what your marriage looks like, no matter what school you go to, you are not exempt from the power of the devil. He does not discriminate. And so when King Nebuchadnezzar sends out this shout, he said, every race, every nation, every language will bow down when they hear the music. I'm seeing doctors bowing down to the music of adultery. I'm seeing lawyers bowing down to the music of fornication. I'm seeing people who live in the projects bow down. People who live in a suburbs bow down. It doesn't matter what color you are. It's not a white or black thing. It's a God thing or a devil thing. That's what you got to get in your head. I don't care what color you are. I don't care where you live. I don't care what you've been through. When the music plays, sooner or later you will bow down. 
oh, I just love the Lord. All races, all nations will bow down. Are y'all getting this? Y'all getting this? I, I, I know I'm a little, I think they got the tape right here to kind of slow a brother down, but we're going to teach tonight. Just stick with me. I'm trying to get somewhere. I'm trying to get somewhere, but I got to, I got to, I got to, you, you, you know, you ever seen the fight with Sugar Ray and, uh, and Duran? Come on, I got any boxer fans in here? Okay, thank you, Dr. Reynolds. I'm glad. Any doctors, you ever see when he, when he got to beating him so bad, he, he was whooping him, what he say? No moss, no more, because he couldn't take no more. See, I'm trying to hit y'all right now. I'm working on y'all right now. I'm trying to punch y'all right now. Then all of a sudden, before we leave, y'all going to be saying, Pastor Eric, no more. No more. Preach, black man, preach. I said that one day at the Franklin campus. I said, preach, black man, preach. And I was preaching so hard one minute, and Sister Wilma Brooks says, she forgot to say preach. She yelled out in the middle of the service, black man. <laughs> and the whole church stopped. I said, Sister Wilma, what you call me? <laughs> She got on fire. She just jumped up. Black man! (laughs) You go. You go. Verse 4 says, when a shout goes out, people of all races and nations will listen to the king's command. And when you hear the sound, you will bow down and worship. Anyone who refuses to obey will be thrown into the fire. Now look at verse 8. Look at verse 8. Stick with me now. Watch this. But some of the astrologers went to the king and informed him. He says, King Nebuchadnezzar, law live the king. Didn't you issue a decree requiring all people bow down and worship the gold statue when they hear the sound of the horn and when they hear the music? That decree states to all who refuse to obey. But there are some Jews, I like this part right here, but there are some that refuse to listen. Watch this. There are some who refuse to listen, and whom you have put in charge, they pay no attention to you, your majesty. They refuse to serve your God and do not worship the gold statue set up. Now, here's what I like about this. Now, here's a whole crowd of Jews, a whole crowd dancing, looking crazy. Can you imagine all of us in here dancing? All of us is in here dancing, and because all of us is dancing, it looks normal, don't it? Because we all looking crazy. We all trying to move. But there's a few people who sit there like this. Let me tell you something. The day you stand for God is the day you stand out. The day you stand for God is the day you will stand out. The day you stand for God in your workplace when everybody is dancing and looking crazy and you sitting there talking about, mm-mm, mm-mm, that is not my song. I'm not dancing to that. Mm-mm, never heard that one before. It sounds good, but I ain't finna dance. I ain't finna move. Mm-mm, girl, he's fine and everything. Mm-hmm, but I ain't dancing. No, no, girl. Yeah, boy, look at that girl, boy. Ain't she cool? Yeah, player, but I ain't dancing. Yeah, I've been lonely all my life. The music sound good, and he give me a good girl. I love you. Hey, you know, can I buy a quarter? Because my mama told me when I find somebody, call her when I fall in love. If you fall for that, you need Jesus. <laughs> I'm telling you, women, if you fall for them lame lines, you need Jesus. Come talk to Pastor Eric. I'll tell you about them lines. But I'm telling you, the day you decide to stand out for God, the day you will stand out in the world. And they went back and they said, there's three men. Everybody's dancing. 
Everybody's doing it. Everybody's acting a fool. Everybody's walking in unforgiveness. Everybody's walking in strife. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's sleeping around. What do you expect? Everybody's doing it. But there's three guys that refuse to dance to your statue. Oh, I don't know about you, but God is looking for some people who say, "Mm -mm, I'm not dancing at all, who refuse to dance who refuse to dance in the workplace when everybody is cussing at the table, everybody's acting a fool, talking about how they got drunk last night, how they slept around last night. But God is looking for some people talking about, "Mm mm-mm, can't go there, will not dance, I refuse to dance. I refuse to dance. No, mm mm-mm, y'all looking crazy, and it looks good, but I'm not going to dance. That's what God is looking for. God is looking for people who refuse to dance who refused to walk in unforgiveness. Yes, they treated me wrong. Yes, I've been destroyed all my life. Yes, I was messed up in that marriage. Yes, somebody said something about me. Yes, they hurt my feelings. Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I'm angry at my parents. Yes, I'm mad. Yes, I'm angry. Yes, I'm frustrated. But I refuse to dance. Oh, God, I refuse to dance. I refuse to dance. I re- it sounds good, girl. Yeah, that used to be my song, but it ain't no more. Come on now. You guys got to catch this. I told you I'm finna. I'm working on you. I'm working on you. We about to come. We about to knock it out. But God is looking for young adults that refuse to dance, that refuse to dance when everybody is doing it in school, when everybody said it's cool. God is looking for people says it sounds good, but I'm not going to dance to that. Because I'm a man of God. I'm a woman of God. And if the Bible says that I need to walk in forgiveness, I'm going to walk in forgiveness. Listen what Jesus said. He says, my sheep know my voice. And when they hear my voice, they only come to me. In other words, he's saying, if you are my child, my voice is the only voice that you will listen to. And any other voice is nothing but a thief and a robber. So if you're listening to something that is not the voice of God, then you are in trouble. You are in trouble because the Bible says that when you hear the word of God, that's who you move to. I'll tell you a story. I don't understand why most black people buy black poodles. My aunt had a, I see white people with white poodles and black people with black poodles. I don't know. Just help pray for a brother. Pray for a brother. Well, my aunt had this black poodle. And his name was Blackie. <laughs> this is real. I'm your pastor for real. And we was traveling from St. Paul, Minnesota to Mississippi. And so she let the dog out and she told him to sit at the, at the pop machine, at the, at the soda pop, however y'all say it, pop machine. And she said, stay. So we all got back in our cars in the U-Hauls and we started driving. And we got about 100 miles out. When my aunt realized Blackie was still at the gas station. So her and my uncle, they jump in the car and they fly all the way back. And when they get there, these gas station attendants going, come here, boy. Come here, boy. Come here. And the dog wouldn't move. They said we were trying to give it water. We were trying to give it food. We wanted to put it in another room till you make it back. But the dog refused to move. We called it all day. It's been about an hour. They was like, come here, come here, boy. And they did everything, but the dog refused to move. As soon as my aunt got out, she said, come. And that dog took off. 
But that dog would not move because he did not recognize their voice. Oh, yeah, yeah. See, that's what God is looking for. People who would not move because God, no, that's not God. That don't sound like the word. That don't sound like the Bible. Yeah, Satan, I hear you calling me. I hear you trying to call me into adultery. But no, no, I don't recognize your voice. So I'm not about to move at all until I hear the word of God. Then that's when I move. Oh, okay, okay, okay. I see. We got to work. I'm working on you. I'm working on you. So he says this. There's some who refuse to dance. Look at verse 13. The Nebuchadnezzar flew into a rage, and he ordered that Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego be brought to them. And when they were brought in, Nebuchadnezzar said to them, Is it true, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, that you refuse to serve my gods or worship the gold statue I set up? I will give you one more chance to bow down and worship the statue I made when you hear the sound. But if you refuse, you'll be thrown immediately into the blazing furnace, and then what God will serve you. Now watch this in verse 16, and I'm about to get to the point I want to get to. But you know when you have confidence. Watch this. They says in verse 16, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, Oh, Nebuchadnezzar. Oh, Nebi, Nebi, Nebi. They didn't even call him by his name. Player, oh, Nebby. Nebby, you tripping. Oh, Nebby, Nebby, Nebby. Boy, you so crazy, Nebby. <laughs> oh, Nebby. Ain't that something? Everybody said, long live the king, your majesty. But these fellas says, Neb, Neb, Neb. You tripping, Neb. <laughs> Neb, we don't have to listen to you, Nebby. We don't have to go there, man. Neb, you just need to go on and get you a life, man, because we're not going to do it. Now, that's called confidence. And I tell the Franklin campus all the time, and they think I'm crazy. The people, of course, you probably already think that too. But they think I'm crazy. When I tell them about speaking to their situation, they say, Pastor Eric, that sounds crazy to talk to your problems. But let me tell you something. The reason why many of us are in a position that we're in because we listen to our problems. The reason why many of us are in the situation that we are in because we listen to our problem. But we have a problem speaking to our problems. Oh, that's crazy when you speak to your problem. But it's not crazy when you allow your problem to speak to you. These fellas began to speak to their problem. They said, oh, Nebby, 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 you tripping, you tripping. We don't have to listen to you. I'm going to tell you today, somebody, maybe somebody is going through a bad marriage. Maybe somebody is going through a struggle. Maybe somebody is going through depression. Maybe there's hurt in your life. Maybe there's pain in your life. But I'm here to tell you today, you do not have to put up with it. You don't have to put up with depression. You don't have to put up with hurt. You need to tell hurt you a lie. You're not going to destroy my marriage. You're not going to destroy my family. Past, you're not going to destroy my life. You're not going to destroy my children. I'm telling you, devil, you are a lie. You get out of my marriage. You get out of my family. You get out of my children. You get out of my children's life. I rebuke that drug. I rebuke that demon. You are a lie. You better leave my family alone. But we don't do that. We don't do that. But we listen when Satan tells us that our family will never amount to nothing. 
We listen when he tells us that our marriage will never amount to nothing. We listen when he tells us that we are a nobody. He listen when we, we listen when he tells us that we'll never amount to be anything but lonely and hurt all the time and depressed and frustrated and broke down and always tore up. And we listen, we listen, but it's a time when you got to sit down and you need to tell the devil, you are a lie because I don't have to listen to you. I refuse to listen to you. I only listen to the one that says I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me, that will never leave me nor forsake me. I only listen to him who says I'm more than a co- Oh, y'all, whoa. <laughs> Boy, I done preached myself happy up in here. That's who you listen to. The one who says that I can do all things through Christ Jesus who strengthens me. I don't have to listen. I don't have to listen. I don't have to listen. I don't have to listen to you. Oh, Nebby, 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 you tripping. You tripping, Nebby. I don't have to go there, player. Are you getting this? Are you getting this, teenagers? You don't have to listen. When he try to tell you to go out and do everything everybody's doing, you tell him, oh, Nebby, you tripping. You tripping. Say that for me. You tripping. You tripping. Everybody say, you tripping. You tripping. Say that one more time. You tripping. Yeah, yeah. Now we getting there. <laughs> Pastor Tim going to say, what did you do to my congregation? <laughs> Verse 16, they says, oh, we don't need to defend ourselves. If we're thrown, I watched verse 17, and here's that old school faith right here. If we're thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. Now, I like this part. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. But this is not it. This is not the one I want you to see. Here's the one. Now, verse 18. I want y'all to do me a favor. Do like this. I want y'all to put y'all seatbelts on. Put your seatbelts on, y'all. Because if y'all, we about to, we, y'all better hold on. Because verse 18 about to make some of y'all jump out your seats. Come on now. Put your seatbelts on. Come on. Because we about to act a fool up in here on verse 18. Now, I did all that just to get to verse 18. I did all that just to get to old school. Are y'all ready to go? Are y'all ready to? Are y'all ready? Are y'all sick and tired of being sick and tired? I don't know about you, but I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. I'm sick and tired of allowing the devil to mess with my family, to mess with my life. Man, this church is an awesome church, and we about to tell the devil, you tripping. But watch verse 18. Watch this. Now, here's true faith. Here's true faith right here. If you don't know the definition of faith, here it is right here. Watch this. But even if he doesn't save us. That's good right there. That's good. Even, even if he doesn't save us. (laughs) No, I hear you, baby. She's hollering. She's with me. Even, even if he doesn't save me. Are y'all listening? Watch this. Even, even if he don't save us, I'm going to make it clear. I'm still going to serve him. Here's real faith. Here's real faith, church. Faith is not the production of God. It's not his performance. See, we put faith with God's performance. True faith is his presence. (laughs) See, we think he had to perform to have faith. But real faith is knowing that he's with us. Even... If he don't save me, I'm going to make it clear. He's going to be with me. <laughs> okay, okay. Hold on. Let me put, put your seatbelts back on. Listen what they just said. 
Somebody need to listen to what they just said. Even my marriage don't work out. He's going to still be with me. I'm talking to some folks who went through a bad marriage. Y'all got to understand, even though God didn't fix your marriage like you wanted him to, he's still God and he's still with you. Even though your child didn't get delivered from drugs like you prayed for, God is still with you. (laughs) Even though you lost your job and you've been praying for another job and he didn't get you another job, I want to tell you, he's still with you. See, faith is not God's performance. Faith is God's presence. That's real faith, folks. That's old school. Whether he deliver me or not, I want to make it clear. I'm not going to bow down to your music. I'm not going to hate my ex. Even though our marriage didn't work out. Even though somebody did me wrong. Even though they treated me so bad and God did not do anything about it, I'm still going to refuse to walk in hatred. I still refuse to walk in strife because even though he didn't save me, I know he'll never leave me nor forsake me. He's right here. He's right here. Watch this now. Watch this. Now that one right there, I thought that would get you. If that didn't get you right there, that got me. Oh, I tell you what, I, 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 I preached this to myself last night. Even though, even though, see, a lot of us have an even though in our life. A lot of us have an even though. A lot of us been praying for some children and they still struggling. A lot of us been praying for some stuff and it looks like God has not been listening to you. A lot of us have an even though in our life. Even though. My son, even though my daughter still got pregnant out of wedlock, even though that I still struggle with certain sins, even though God didn't deliver me, I want you to know that God will always be with you. Let me finish this up real quick. I know I got to go. I got to go. Okay, verse 9. So Nebuchadnezzar was so fierce with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego that his face became distorted with rage. And he commanded that the furnace be heated seven times hotter than usual. Then he ordered some of the strongest men of his army to bind Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego and throw them into the blazing furnace. So they tied them up and threw them into the furnace, fully dressed in their pants, turbans, robes, and other garments. And because the king in his anger had demanded such a hot fire in the furnace that the flame killed the soldiers as they threw them in the fire. Now, I want you to watch this. Now... The Bible says that the fire was so hot, it killed the people that was throwing them in there. Can I tell y'all a crazy story I heard? It was a crazy story. I want y'all to hear this. I want you to hear this. It was a lady, old lady, had no food. She was homeless, had nothing in her house. And there was an atheist who lived next door to her, and he knew she had nothing. And every morning she would come out of the house and go, how great is our God. Sing with me, how great. And she had no food. And this atheist used to see her come out all the time. She'd go, how great is our God. Y'all didn't know I had a voice, did you? Sing with me, how great. And all of a sudden, he got tired of hearing her talk about how great is our God. So one day, he went to the grocery store and bought two months worth of grocery, and he stuck it on her porch. And he hid behind the house. And she come out and says, 
Oh, my God, how great is our God. He bought me some groceries. How great is our God. I told you he'd do it. How great is And finally, he got tired, and he ran up to her and said, Woman, God didn't buy you that grocery. I bought you that grocery. He said, uh-uh, how great is our God. Same with me. He said, no, lady, listen to me. I bought that grocery. How great is our God. Same with me. How He said, listen. He ran to the house, and he got a receipt, and he brought it out. He said, look, I bought the grocery. I have the receipt to prove it. She said, okay. God gave me the grocery, but the devil paid for it. Let me tell you something. The day you stand up for God, it is the devil who pays the price. It is the devil who pays the price. See, he says, told the fire up to 700, and the men who threw them in was the one who died. Oh, y'all missed that one. Y'all missed that one. It was the devil who paid the price. Long as you stand up, long as you, I don't care how hot the pressure gets, I don't care how deep it gets, you will not pay the price for standing up for God. It will be the devil who will pay the price for standing up for God. How great is our God? Sing with me, huh? Yeah. The God did it, but the devil paid for it. Mm, let me finish this up. Okay. All right. All right. All right, boy, y'all going y'all gonna to wear me out before I get to the Franklin camp, but that's okay. Look at verse 24. But suddenly Nebuchadnezzar jumped up in amazement and exclaimed to his visor, then we tie up three men and throw, one, and throw them in the furnace. Yes, your majesty. He said, but look, I see four. I see four. Unbound, walking around, the fire unharmed, and the fourth looked like a god. The Nebuchadnezzar came as close as he could, and he said, Shadrach, Meshach, servants of the Most High, come out. So Shadrach, Meshach, better go stepped out the fire. Then the high officers, fishers, governors, advisors crowded around them, saw the fire had not touched them. Not a hair on their head was seen, and their clothes were not sourced, and they didn't even smell like smoke. The Nebuchadnezzar said, praise to the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. I want you to watch this. And he sent his angels to rescue his servants who trust him. They defied the king's command and were willing to die rather to serve God or rather to serve and worship any God. Therefore, I make a decree. Now, I want you to see this. He didn't make the decree because God saved them. Now, look back. Look back. Look at verse. Look at, look at, go back one more. Verse 28. He says, after they refused to dance, that's when the decree was made. Listen, folks, I'm going to finish up right here. Your testimony is not a result of what God did. Your testimony is not a result of what God did. Your testimony is a result of your obedience. He said the only way or the only reason why I made this decree is because these guys refused to dance. It wasn't just the power of God that made Nebuchadnezzar change his mind. It was the obedience of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He said, these guys refused to dance. I put pressure on them. I gave them another chance. I turned the heat up on them, and they still didn't dance. Ooh, these fellas are off the chain. I'm going to have to make a decree. Listen, people, no matter how heavy the pressure gets on you, no matter how hard it looks like, no matter what it looks like, I don't care what you are going through. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care if the heat is turning up on you every day. 
whether you are in school, whether you're at work, whether it's your marriage, whether it's your personal life, no matter how much the pressure is on you, I beg you to refuse to dance. It is not his performance. It is his presence that will get you through it. Pray with me. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for such an anointing in this place. I thank you for your mercy and I thank you for your grace. Heavenly Father, forgive us if we've been dancing to anger, we've been dancing to strife, if we've been dancing to unforgiveness. Father, I just pray that you will forgive us. Father, I pray that you will renew our hearts so that we can hear you speak to us clearly. Father, remove the static in our lives so that we can hear when you call. Your word says, my sheep know my voice. And they come only when I speak. Father, I pray for those who, who are struggling in their marriage. I pray for those who are struggling in their personal lives or maybe in their financial life or just maybe in their spirit. But, Father, I pray right now that you will open up their ears so that they will refuse to dance to what the world said that they need to dance to. And that they will only worship you, the only true and living God, and that is you. So, Father, we thank you for your mercy. We thank you for your grace. Father, we just give you praise today. Allow your word to sink in their hearts. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for leading us and guiding us and restoring us and redeeming us. In Jesus' mighty name, and let everybody say amen. Is God good?